Hey everyone, it's Louise and Amber here. Just before we jump in, this episode does discuss sensitive topics, including abuse. So if you need resources or support, go to beyondblue.org or contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Here at The Query, we acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Turrbal and Yagara people. We also pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to, to the, the Query. Query. Um, so today we have a stunning Kim shot with us. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you for having me. I um, yeah, I've been a big fan of your podcast for a <laughs> while. So. Fan of the pod, guys. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's um, such a thrill to have you on. So we're we're really excited to learn more about you. And yeah, I'm excited to learn more about me too. <laughs> 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 um, all right, so let's get started with our usual questions. So, what are your pronouns and what mm-hmm. names do you go by and when? Okay, my pronouns out of drag are he, they. Um, I prefer to be called Jake because, um, yeah, it's just it's just a thing. Um, and then in drag, obviously, Kim, uh, she, her is awesome. They is also cool too. So, yeah, I'm not really, like, too fussed. I just – the one thing I can't really – Sort of like it's just a weird thing. I don't like being called Kim out of drag. It just okay. like mm. messes with my head. So fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Your identity. Yeah, like. truly. Like I mean, I like to keep those things separate. Mm. So mm. yeah. So on that, how did you choose your drag name? Ooh. Um. So Kim came from um uh, a name that my dad uh played with calling me as a child regardless of gender um was like kim that's like a very like you know stock standard asian name we'll just call you know them kim Mm. um and then like someone else suggested jake and you know he was like yeah great um but (laughs) i was i'm like what happened to kim i want to know about you know her (laughs) yeah who's this person and then um yeah, so I like whenever I like thought about having a drag name, I was like, I want Kim to be involved in it, but I don't know how. And so the play on words came when I was like, what if we just like use Kim as a supplement for the word come? Mm. And um, and then my workmate was like, what? Like you have to be like Kim shot. And I was like, oh, yes. and she was See, like, I because know, you I work in it. film and like hello. Oh, and I was I like, like it. oh. Yeah, that's what I like is that like it's a play on words, but it's not a very obvious one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know. Great. That play on words. Oh, but that's, I really that's like it. it's working. Though. It is. It's because working. It's meant to be so obscure. <laughs> you know, you like you look at it and it looks very expensive, and you're like, oh, it does. Yeah. 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 The underlying meaning. I didn't. Cool. It's nice to know like the the other meaning because like I knew mm. the play on words, yes. but obviously like learning, like I never even realized like Kim as like a being like an like a traditional Asian name like that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what inspired you to start drag? Hmm. Well, um, I don't know. I've always, I always saw drag as like this weird thing. (laughs) Like, I mean, like the first time I ever saw a drag queen was at the beat and, um, I think they were called Diva and they would always get up and they would do like a ballad in like a sequence dress. And I thought it was like the most obscure, strange thing. I was Mm -hmm. like, we're all like, everyone just parts off the dance floor and they just (laughs) watch this person deliver a song as if they're singing it and uh, it was just so perplexing to me um and then obviously drag race happened and i was starting to like you know watch more of the show and kind of get an understanding of like mm. the art form yeah. um and i think i always thought like oh, i could do drag and i would always joke with my friends like oh, i could do drag mm. like let's we could give it a go sometime and i never like jumped off that 
that mm-hmm. starting point to do it. I yeah. was always kind of a bit like, oh, I don't know, like in a weird, insecure place about my kind of um, expressions of femininity and yeah. sort of that sort of level. So um, I think when COVID happened, that's when I was kind of like, okay, well, I've got a lot of time off work now. What if we just like start playing with makeup mm-hmm. and like, you know, like just sort of like watch some tutorials and like learn how to block our brows um, but I never, I never like wanted to do, go much further than the makeup. I was like, look, if we're going to oh, do, really? you know, this whole thing, I'm just going to like, you know, learn how to do the makeup. Let's just stay, like start there, see how we go. I know it's expensive, so mm. I really don't want to like go too much further than that. And then mm. it was like probably a month in and I was like, cool, that's done. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like what's next? Like the wigs, let's go. Like, yeah. Can, yeah. you know, so I just sort of, I started learning how to style wigs and then I was like, cool, wigs is done. Um, what, what body like you know padding and mm. all that stuff and you know I bought my pads and all of that and this was all like during lockdown mm-hmm. so I was like everything I was just like you know every other day like we would get like a package arrive and it'd be like something new yeah. for the drag and I'd get so excited it's like it just kept it just, going, and honestly, going and going because I think like when you start working on a skill it's like a threshold like mm. you kind of like once you master one thing yeah. you kind of it doesn't affect you as much and like mm-hmm. I basically I was painting like every day of lockdown mm. And then I would paint and I would do it for like, you know, four, five, six hours. And wow. I, I would do it and I'd be like, it's something's wrong. And then I would like take a selfie and I would do it. I'm neurotic as fuck. So like, <laughs> this is like, this is not like a recommended way to, <laughs> to start drag. But like, I basically would paint every day. I painted and then I would take a photo and then I'd facetune it into a way that I like. Right, yeah. to try and get to that yeah. next time. Yeah, and then I would just try again and go, okay, we're going to like, and I'd write in my notes. I was like, oh, let's improve this thing. Wow, um, perfectionist. Yeah, big time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and... Yeah, and then I, yeah, just kept doing that. And then um, I think, yeah, I got to a certain point where I was like, okay, I'm sort of happy with this. And, mm. and that's what happens is like you got you get to that next level and you're like, cool, that's... The natural progression yeah, of what comes next. Yeah, literally. Mm. So I kind of went a little bit beyond the mm. drag face and then, yeah, here we are. There we go. Yeah. So cool. So what mm. was the reaction like from like family and friends and people you knew? Yeah, like I started drag um, in like August 2020. So like, you know, two two years ago and um, I like was playing with makeup and then taking photos of it. My dad would always see it. And then I kind of just like did it and like I like wanted to make my sort of like the whole coming out thing and then I like took a photo and then I posted on the boy account and um, mm. I kind of left it there and then obviously I went out for the first time at Fluffy and it was wild um, <laughs> but he my dad like responded like probably a week later and was like I saw the photo you took mm. It was nice work, like really nice oh, work. Oh, wow. He's a man of many few, like yeah. very, very few <laughs> words. Nice yeah. work. Yeah, nice, um, nice work. And uh, that probably means like a lot yeah, in small words. Yeah. yeah, and I think I was always afraid to tell my dad, so I didn't want to tell him. Mm. Yeah. I would just rather show him because mm-hmm. it's like with a lot of things, I think um, sometimes some parents kind of need to see it to believe it. Sure. And you can be like, oh, yeah, la, 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 I'm this and I do this. Yeah. But I, sometimes it just doesn't have weight until they see why and why it's important mm. yeah um so was that sorry was that you coming out like you he didn't know your sexuality before that oh yeah i came out when i was 16. oh okay yeah, sure, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. yeah, yeah. coming so, out as a, as a drag yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so okay. i came out when i was 16 and sure. it was a very similar situation yeah. mm. but for the drag i was terrified because yeah. when i first came out um my dad 
like took a good six months to come around and then he pulled me aside in like a private conversation on my way to Target, which is where I worked in Noosa. <laughs> and um, he was like, I love you no matter what, um, but please do not put on a dress. I see. Yeah. yeah. And so obviously this is why I had so much probably, there was actually probably why I had a lot of perfection issues. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. got to be fucking amazing when yeah, I come out. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Show the, all the work and the art form of it. Uh, truly, yeah. truly. So, yeah, I posted the photo. He saw the photo eventually and had his little comment and I think that was kind of enough for me for the moment. I was like, mm. oh, that's great. That's good, yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Um, so, obviously, your perfectionism has paid off. Um, <laughs> you. <I hope> so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were crowned the winner of Starlet 2022. Yes. Which is freaking amazing. Congrats. Thank you so I, much. I um, picked it from when the lineup came out. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> I saw the picture and I was like, Kim. Smack bang yeah. in the middle. And they're like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Got it. <laughs> um, what was your experience like? Um, and what was your, you know, preparation process, oh. et cetera? Oh, my goodness. It's a big question because it's like it has probably been the last year of my life. Like, yeah, right. You know, I, pro- I probably started prepping for it since the last starlet you know Mm -hmm. i was in um krimi's performance right behind her and um i kind of after that performance was when i was like i want to do this like this is like this competition is wild Mm -hmm. but it's also like one of those rare opportunities that you get to showcase something and like really showcase Mm, it like you know there's drag competitions and then there's starlet like you know starlet feels like yeah, there's big, big guns. Yeah, yeah, big guns for sure. Like mm. there's a lot of eyes more than you think are on it. So yeah. I started preparing. Um, yeah, mainly like I started gearing forward September, October last year. Wow. Um, just sort of hitting up some designers internationally speaking. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And expensive. Just <laughs> <laughs> so expensive. Lucky one. Yeah. yeah. Wow, there, I, I can put imagine. A lot, yeah, there was a lot um, on the line. Yes. But, um, yeah, so I started just sort of thinking about what I wanted to do with um, Starlet. Nothing really kind of sat with me um, until, like, I took a big break in December and I just sort of, like, I got COVID and all this stuff started happening and I just had to take a big step back from drag and I kind of pulled out of all of my gigs. Don't recommend doing that. It's not good practice. But <laughs> just pulled out of all of my gigs in December and um, I just sat with myself and was like what do you like what do you want to do with this like this obviously means a lot to you like what do you want out of this experience Mm. and so I was like cool um I always knew from the jump I wanted to talk about being you know Japanese I wanted to talk about like my pride in that and celebrate that and showcase you know aspects of culture because Mm. I've always had a really interesting relationship with that but um that and then I also want to tell like a part of my personal story and like a lot of people talk about things like mental illness and like you know their journeys and stuff in drag but I wanted to do it in a in a way that I've just felt like hadn't been done before and I didn't mm-hmm. know how to grasp it so yeah. I spent a good month mm. or two trying to figure that out still didn't figure that out until the week before right, I had of to course. do it so, yeah yes. yeah um so I always kind of knew what I wanted to do at the start and the end which is mm-hmm. what you see in the first night and mm-hmm. then the end night yeah. um the middle was just a free-for-all and you, can bl- <laughs> you can bloody tell like I was just I was just grasping at whatever yeah. you know I could and mm. um and it was still good it just it wasn't obviously 
obviously my best work. Yeah. So is the first and last, like you get that all beforehand? You can prepare for that. Right, okay. Yeah. So the first <clears throat> and last, you, the other ones, we get a number of choice and then and a runway of choice. But then in the middle, it's a lot of it is assigned. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the middle section, I kind of struggled a lot um, with the kind of the, the week notice and um, the quick turnarounds of things. But we somehow survived. Yeah. Um, the four-way lip sync and the like the the, the semi-final was um, that's a lot it wow. was a lot it was terrifying <clears throat> yeah. and i honestly you know when they were saying you know who was going through to the finale i was just like cool i'm done this mm. is over it's done and then when harry said who went through i looked at Frau, i was like congratulations because i didn't hear it i was mm. just so like in the zone of defeat that i was like congratulations i'm so happy for you yeah and she was like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> just like, You're, like, what and i was like <laughs> nice. Okay. <Just> crying. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Couldn't, yeah. So overall, did you like enjoy the experience? It was well worth it. Um. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um. I enjoyed the very end. That mm-hmm. finale was one of the my favorite nights. Um, because I think everyone was at peace. You know, yep. everyone in that room was just very. It felt very calm, mm-hmm. and like everyone was happy. They were finally where they wanted to be, yep. and. Um, you could just see everyone was bringing like exactly the 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 full bodied you know um, essence of what they wanted to do mm-hmm. through yeah. the whole comp. But finally, in this finale, they could do it. But um, yeah, it was a really big night, and um, I'm really happy with that night. But it was just every other. <laughs> yeah every yeah. other night was i was so full of dread the whole time yeah. so yeah um and it's much pressure yeah, well. well, it, yeah. Was a, it was a lot of pressure because i was kind of like living up to the the standard that i kind of set in the first night and yeah. then um on top of that it was like the f- sort of i don't know this sort of family legacy of like mm-hmm. okay so my like my drag sister won last year well mm-hmm. i kind of feel like i've got to you know at least get close mm-hmm. so that yeah. it feels you know right than carrying a torch or something well yeah. you did yeah. and you got oh, yeah. Down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you talked about like the thought process of going into starlet and how intense it was to get it right mm. so what was the sort of impression that you wanted to make and what you wanted to put forward in starlet and your performances um well so the thought the sort of the conclusions that i came to um to kind of come into at least the first night was the first heat was all about like um, sort of showcasing my pride um, in not only my Japanese heritage, but also my like, you know, the art form of drag. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the number was all about kind of me blossoming and finding sort of a strength of like blossoming quite literally. I was dressed as a flower. Oh, um, blossom. But yeah, and, yeah. Um, and it was all about me kind of finding a sense of strength and pride and beauty in the world of drag. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of all I wanted to do there. And then the runway was inspired by the Oiran, who was, I guess, like, you know, the starlet of the Edo period in Japan, but um, they were basically like like seriously high-ranking sex workers um, of their times. But um, they were like, you know, you quite looked up to, like to spend the night with an Oiran, you know, you would be spending like over your year's salary to be with one wow. for the night. So I kind of wanted to like, yeah, celebrate an, a sort of an ancient part of mm-hmm. Japanese history, um, but on the starlet fluffy stage, because I'd mm. never seen that before. I'd yeah. never seen anyone come down in layers of kimono and traditional hair and everything. Yeah. So I was really, yeah, pretty adamant about that. And uh, all of those... Um, 
the layers of kimono were all vintage, so it was like all shipped in from Japan. The oh, wig wow. as well was made by, um, yeah, a wig stylist in Japan, like rural Japan, off grid. Oh, yeah. Couldn't even good. reach how him. Did you yeah, I was gonna say, how do you find uh, these people? I found him through like another seller who was like, "Cool, we have contact with this person who's off grid." So sorry, there might be like a month or two delay on this. Jeez. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He like would send like cryptic messages up updates, like you know, one of them I was like, "Hey, do we have like an ETA on this week?" And then he would be like, he'd say something like, um, in order for the machine to run faster, you must apply more cogs in the machine. Like, really? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, like, really, oh really gosh. quite um, ambiguous messages. Yeah. So like, I was just kind of like, cool. Okay, cool. I'll wait then. Let okay. me know. <laughs> let me know, I guess. Basically, trust the process. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, let it happen. Like, um, you did it early. You'll get it when you get it. Yeah. yeah. Kind of thing. So that was the first art. I was very much like, this is the idea that's happening. Um, but through the comp, I kind of had a very loose understanding that, you know, the finale, if I make it, it has to be about my like personal story like mm. jake me my mm. personal story and um i've always wanted to talk about um like issues of abuse and mental health um in like quite a vulnerable but um authentic way but that was still open that yep. was still you know like you didn't have to watch it and completely understand what you were seeing but you de- you just had to feel something mm. and i think that's the nature of drag as well it's like i think that like you should be able to watch it and go, cool. I like, I feel something from this, whether that's laughter or that's like a, like a tear or mm-hmm. something, but you don't have to understand fully what's going on. Like yep. that's like any art form. Yep. Um, and I think for the finale, I really wanted to talk about, yeah, my story of coming through abuse as a child and um, the kind of the worlds of my imagination that I, you know, would escape to um, and that I kind of, yeah, like created. And then in all of that, you know, being the Lone Ranger that I felt like I have been for so long, I finally found, you know, a sense of family in the drag scene. And that's with, you know, my drag mother, Luna, and Mm -hmm. with Freya, my sister. So, you know, I wanted them to be on the stage with me. I really felt that was super important. Mm. Um, That would have been such an incredible moment. It was. It was. It was like, you know, I and also because, you know, I didn't see them on the stage with me for the entire time. And so finally when they, like, you know, touched me and, like, gave Mm -hmm. me a hug, I, like, couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't hold it in. That's so much energy coming out. Literally. Telling that story and... 100%. Giving, giving it to people? And- 100%. Like, I, I keep saying this to people, but on that night, in that performance, I do feel like I left something on that stage. Like, yeah. something kind of died with me, like mm-hmm. a, a part of everything that I've been carrying for, mm-hmm. like, you know, 24 years of my life. Yeah. Finally was, like, sort of released there. And yeah. then when they sort of, like, you know, touched my shoulder, I just kind of, like, just lost it. Because yeah. it was... Yeah, it was super cathartic. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... I guess then being so open about it, you can talk about it more and, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've always kind of been a little bit open about it, but mm. it's one of those things. It's like, I think people don't like to be trauma dumped on. So it's like to be like, oh, this is a thing that happened. It's really quite serious and dark, but like, yeah. you know, you can't just like tell that every time you say like, you know, you go on a date and you're like, oh, so this is why I have intimacy issues. Like, yeah, yeah, you fully. know, you yeah. can't yeah. do that because people go like, yeah, <laughs> I so get that. I'm the type of person where I, I'm like, I need you to laugh with me because yeah. if I don't laugh, I cry. Yeah, and 100%. so I'm very like, haha, like court jester, yeah. put on a show and tell a really serious story, and everyone's yeah. like, Amber, what the fuck? Yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 laugh, everyone laugh, yeah, it's funny, yeah, haha, yeah. like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great that you had drag as like that mm. way to present to that as an art form, and like you said, like you're not outwardly saying what's happened or mm. you've been through, but you're putting it out and 
if other people who can relate see that and they feel something like that so mm. special mm. for you and them and definitely like i felt in the room there was this sort of um because the song is so paired back it actually allowed me to kind of feel the audience for mm. the first time and it's very rare when you do like these really hypey like club shows um to feel the audience mm. but like i could really feel them and that's why i felt like i was finally actually imparting energy and sharing yeah, something um yeah it was super cool you mentioned performing with luna mm-hmm. um and with freya mm. who are your drag family yeah um what does it mean to you to be a part of the house of thick <sighs> quite a lot mm-hmm. um yeah like having a, a drag family um i think is a is like it's two parts like overrated and underrated at the same time i think you know um there's an idea of having a drag family which is like oh someone will school you on the art form of drag or like you know how to do things the businessy side the businessy side but i think people often don't quite capture or like showcase the familial side of having a drag family and i think it's it varies like not every family is the same but i think something that both luna and tyson value um having the house of thick is uh like a family like someone and a place to be supported um you know and to talk about things that are coming up that are issues for you um and i think that was so special to me kind of like sort of navigating through the tricky world of drag mm. I kind of was feeling a little bit lost um but I always knew that like you know if I like stumbled over to Marquee I had Luna to talk to about something yeah. um or like you know at Fluffy I'd be like I'd just bump into her or whatever and it would just be cool like everything would be totally cool um and basically I think the first time that she ever sort of took note of me was um I came to like, after like the first time I ever performed, I came to Marquee and she was like, what is your background? And I said, I'm half Japanese. And she said, got it. You should do a lot more with that. And I was like, note taken. And Mm -hmm. I think that was the kind of the start of that dynamic that we have, which is quite like, you know, very much like a thing of like, here is something. And then she goes, here is something. Mm -hmm. And then I go, cool it's just like a sounding board right yeah Yeah. and she's so good for that like the whole of starlet she i would call her my coach like Mm. you know because i would kind of like go away and go okay here's my thoughts and then she'd be like okay great here here we here's what we can work on and it was so good like i mean yeah i I would not be here like without without her and Mm. the house so yeah um so for her the house is kind of like you know i think it's it's she gets to impart like her familial values a little bit and yeah. it's really special yeah it's really, really and you really have special. that support all the time yeah which i can imagine is so important mm, mm. in drag yeah. and the house of thick is all people of color yeah yeah exactly. which is super cool it's super cool because it's like i think you know it allows people of color in the drag space mm-hmm. to kind of have someone to talk to get advice and then you know find their channel as well yeah. like luna is expert at like helping people find their their rhythm or yeah. their channel or their world that they find might be best for them mm-hmm. um, because the drag space often leans into other worlds and so it's yeah she's really good at finding your thing and going yeah. you need to try this thing and you're like okay and then you try it and you're like that was perfect yeah, yeah you, you know? wouldn't have thought to do it exactly. without that help and that 100%, push. 100%. yeah she's really really good at that i that's hence why she's, you know, the mother of the house. Yeah. 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 Guys. So you've spoken previously about your struggle with being biracial in Mm. the drag scene. Mm. So 
and not seeing enough representation of your culture. Mm. Do you feel it's essential for you to incorporate aspects of your culture into your drag? Mm, I think so. It's kind of like something that Luna always says, it's my birthright. Like kind of like, it's not necessarily just that like I have an option. It's more just like I need to do that. Yeah. 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 Um, because, and, and it's something that I've also always valued from the jump because, you know, I think once upon a time, the queens that were on stage were all... Um, you know, in the wise words of Beverly Kills, you know, blonde wig, pink dress. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> like, yep. very that vibe. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But it's really hard for, you know, queer people of colour to look at that stage and go... I see uh, me up there. 100%. Yeah. So, you know, and I think for me, Luna was the first person that I saw that I was like, yeah, I see. I see it. Like, yeah. I see I see me. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah, 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 100%. And so, you know, from the jump, and that was like the first time I ever performed for mm-hmm. her to go, you need to, you know, talk about your, your heritage in mm-hmm. drag was kind of like my push to go, yeah, yeah, I will. And then, you know, I did a little competition and I talked about my struggle of being biracial um, in this number for like, it was called Snake Skin. It's by this, but uh, it's by um, an artist called Rena Soyama, mm. and um, and the the song is about like kind of like um, having a struggle with people demanding a lot from you. I think as an artist, but I kind of skewed it in a way that was more about people. Um, kind of demanding a lot from you in the the face that you put on for the world and for me that was always just presenting as white yep. or like presenting mm-hmm. as primarily white mm-hmm. um and so you know I kind of wanted to talk about having that be quite uh a cr- like a I can't find the word <laughs> like I, I wanted to talk about like it being quite a um a bad thing like to kind of to to lean into the to the whiteness if that makes sense yeah. because it, it, like if you start doing that um it kind of builds in your internalized racists like you yeah. know and like you kind of start you know finding that you have a very skewed idea of like your own heritage and that yeah. creates so much self-hatred so mm. um and I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you get it but, i hear yeah, yeah. so I, I really just wanted to do this as a number where i was like cool like this number is all about shedding that skin if you like or whatever Mm -hmm. and kind of owning the pride the strength of you know having your heritage your background your your centuries of culture you know Mm -hmm. um within you at all times so yeah and then that's the first night that luna was like (laughs) i see you now like you're doing the thing that i've told you to do and that's so important because then you get to be that person for maybe someone else from your background who Mm. hasn't seen that and gets to see it on stage exactly so. well that's the whole point of like you know me doing the oiran runway as well it was like i've never seen you know anyone wear a traditional like you know oiran wig and like the kimonos and everything and i was like if it if it resonates with like one japanese kid mm-hmm. in that audience tonight <laughs> yeah, that is all, all that matters that yeah. matters but you know it was like this it was like a roaring scream and that's it was so overwhelming, but like that was way more than I could have asked. You yeah. Know? yeah, that's awesome. That's mm. so, yeah, it's so nice to hear. I had a similar experience when I saw the Thick Shake crew mm. and I saw them get up on stage and I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the one. I want to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be up there. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Do I, I mean, I never did, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've still got time. <laughs> we'll get there. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I, I get that feeling of kind of. I mean, for the audience, for the listeners. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> talked aware. about it on the podcast. No, you actually, I don't think mm. you have. No, but I am biracial. Mm. Um, and I, people look at me and they assume I'm white, which is a fair, fair thing yeah. to assume because I'm a white passing individual. Mm. But I have never quite felt 
right in that because obviously I'm not I'm half not white as well yeah so like there is a part of me that identifies with a lot of things that I don't feel valid in identifying with because I present or I am seen as a white person from Mm, the outside Mm -hmm. so I don't feel valid in sharing that culture because I haven't suffered through the experience that they have Mm. but also I'm valid too because it is my culture like it's such a like a mind fuck to like try and sort out truly is and it's but it's a different experience as well like Mm. I mean you know um you might not like encounter the same level of racism but you still Mm -hmm. face microaggression i'm sure and so and that in itself has a different level of harm Mm -hmm. and so you know um i think for me for example like you know i kind of i benefit from um sometimes people just feeling quite open to talk sort of candidly about how they feel about Japanese people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a benefit for me. It's a benefit for them. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, they'll say some things and then it will hurt quite deeply. And then I'm kind of like, okay, cool. Just so you know, like I'm actually like yeah. half yeah. Japanese. Yeah, sure. um, and that's um, really quite racist. Yeah. Um, but, you know. I, but that's so like. I th- Why would they be saying yeah. it anyway? Wouldn't I know. They I think, I think it's s- like a weird camaraderie yeah. thing of the. Yes. They feel like this sense of like, I can trust you. Yeah, I can You've say whatever I want. I, I, think, yeah. Yeah. I think we talked yeah. about that with Freya a bit yeah. when she was on the pod about how yeah. um, did, people yeah. find, like white people find comfort in other white people with saying mm. racist things. And I'm always like, what the fuck are yeah. you talking about? Like, why do you think, I uh, like, why do you feel like you can go to another person and say something like mm-hmm. that regardless of race or whatever yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you can go to somebody else and feel comfort in racist thoughts because they are also white or you think they are also white like Mm -hmm. so gross and yeah yeah, well that would be very interesting for both of you as yeah yeah biracial like Mm. i have never had any like racist aggression towards me Mm. but people as i'm south african a lot Mm. of south african people I was so excited to find out about other South Africans. Like, oh my God, oh my God, it's like a whole big deal. And I used to work in customer service and I worked in sales. Mm. And so if I notice a South African person, I'd be like, oh my God, me too. Because then I'm going to get the sale because they think it's a match made in heaven because we're both South Africans. It's like the greatest thing ever. And the immediate question is where? Where are you from? And I go, my mum's from Johannesburg Uh and my dad is from Cape Town. Uh And Cape Town is a predominantly like your Cape coloured. That's the thing. So it's predominantly like people of colour. And as soon as I say that, the face drops. They don't want to borrow it. They're not interested in having the conversation anymore because they know that I am not a fully white South African and that's, Mm. we're not into that. Wow. And yeah, that's the most I've ever really had to deal with. But Mm. it's still kind of like a gross feeling where you're like... It's still kicking the gut. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... For me, I've always encountered it in dating. Um, oh, wow. It's like a very, um, it's like where a lot of like my internalized racism came from um, mm-hmm. is that like I would go on dates and sometimes, you know, I would say like, oh yeah, I'm half Japanese. And they're like, well, you're actually quite hot for an Asian. Oh. Mm. And then they would also go like, the worst one is they would go, yeah, I can see it. In the oh. eyes. Yeah, they oh, would do that, and I was just like, "Ah, uh, cool. Um, this is great. Feeling that. really awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. But it's also like, can you? Or you just like have that? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that was kind of what <laughs> yeah, I was dealing. You? Yeah. Like you know, you can. That's the level of what you sort of deal with, but it still freaking hurts. Yeah, it like, does. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. Yeah, I could see like little the microaggressions would yeah. be the worst thing. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. frustrating. It's mm. just frustrating because mm. like. They think it's so backhanded. Like they think mm. they're giving like a great compliment or like pointing out yeah. something, and you're like, "That is a fucking rude thing terrible. to say." Like, so why terrible. would you ever say that to anyone? That. Yeah, yeah, literally. So, do you feel like you've 
felt it a lot in the drag like queer community or more in outside definitely on the outside Mm. before i started drag and probably what fueled you know my desire to do sort of more like personal like storytelling drag um was that all those encounters that i was kind of having with with you know queer people Mm -hmm. or people in you know the professional world um and and those sort of encounters with microaggression and you know amid other things but um it was kind of yeah the fuel for the fire rather than what i've experienced since entering the drag scene because the drag scene is actually quite open like there's like people have seen it all so they're kind of you know you know they're less like um affected or whatever Yeah. yeah okay i guess going on from that what was your experience growing up biracial my experience um so i uh, i was born in sydney so super multicultural mm. city mm-hmm. um but then when i was like 11 my dad and i uh, my dad who's white we moved up to noosa um and i did the rest of my schooling and growing up and all of that stuff right by the beach yeah right nice. by the beach um but the thing that i noticed is as soon as i went to school i was surrounded by kids who were all blonde all white, mm-hmm. all blue eyes, and the they all went to the beach. beach yeah. Vibe, yeah. Very that. Like surfing was one of our classes. Why? Yeah, I didn't take it, but it was like <laughs> <laughs> kind of camp. Yeah, it was kind of camp um, for them, not yeah. for me. <laughs> I was more into the arts. Yes, um, yes, same. But not surf. you know, it was weird because it's like as soon as I got there, you know, um, in the first year of being in that school, in the primary school. I had kids that would like yell at me across the playground, be like, sushi boy, and like all that stuff. Because I would tell one of my friends who would be like, oh, you look a bit funny. Like, what is your, where are you from? And I'd be like, oh, well, my mom is Japanese, but I was born in Sydney. The where are you from? It's always the where are you from when you're a kid, especially. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's your, where, like, where, what's. What are you? What are you? Yeah. 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 What are you? Where are you from? All that stuff. That happened. Sydney? Yeah. Literally. Well, that's what happened. Like, as soon as, you know, you've got a new kid in the school, it's almost like the kids just they don't they didn't know any better yeah yeah. and so yeah one person would ask and then word got out like Mm -hmm. that and then suddenly people were calling me yeah sushi boy at school so obviously like for the years leading on i kind of just like held on to that little thing of like a bit of like shame or whatever and like you said like internalized internalized racism i guess it's like a bit like internalized homophobia it's like Mm -hmm. kind of like because of people telling you things you you hate that part of yourself so much when you're so young and that's your school life you hear all the time and then you feel yeah like you feel like you need to hide it because if people are going to make fun of me for this i'll just put it over here and we just won't talk about it exactly Mm -hmm. exactly and it's like that's when it kind of comes out in weird bursts like Mm -hmm. especially when you're older like you were saying it's like kind of like when you're older you then have these moments where like it will happen like a microaggression will happen and your response will be like much more sort of physical like mm-hmm. something will happen and you're like whoa where did that come I from but really that's because that. of all the times you pushed it away yeah and you're like nah 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 yeah so it becomes yeah. bigger I, yeah. yeah i remember i was just 18 and all of my friends wanted to go to like retros and mm. like whatever clubs played like probably the, the pop at the time oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. i remember there was this club there was hot gossip and then it mm-hmm. closed and mm-hmm. then there was shades which is like an r&b club and mm-hmm. i was like that's my shit like that's where i need to be right and i dragged my friend there and we went and i literally just danced up stop like i was having the best time ever didn't take notice of anybody else that was in there i was literally just having the best time because i was like all of these songs are like songs that i've grown up listening to mm-hmm. like i yep. love this and my friend was just sitting there and i was like what's what's wrong what's going on mm. and she was like amber we're the only white people in here and I was like, I don't care though. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, does it matter? So, yeah. Like, it, I like these songs and I'm yeah. going to like, does it really matter? Yeah. And 
I don't think we ever went back after that because I just was like, whatever, <laughs> like mm. it's fine. But it's like it's just things like that that you're kind of like, okay, well, like I won't like those things anymore yeah. because it's going to be a spectacle and it doesn't yeah. have to be a spectacle. It's just yeah. things mm-hmm. like, yeah. especially because well, she obviously must have known your background yeah. and yeah. thought to ask. But I think that she. It just isn't something she thinks about. Like, it wasn't mm. something she thought about when mm. she said that to me. It wasn't coming from a harmful place mm-hmm. because she really didn't know what she was saying, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I took it as like, okay, yeah. <laughs> let's just go then. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, whatever. It's fine. We'll just yeah. go to the places mm. yeah. that you guys feel comfortable in. Like, whatever. What about yeah. in your, like, family life? Is it, like, very, yeah. like, the culture is a big part of it? or? Well, I grew up with the white side of my family. Right. Um, because... Yeah, my mum just – I'm estranged from my mum, who's Japanese. So I've always actually had a really tricky relationship with my Japanese sort of heritage. Mm. Um, and so I think, yeah, it's always been a bit um, weird. But, like, it was because, you know, I was living with my dad and all that side of the family that I actually really struggled to talk about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. In fact, they didn't know I was getting bullied until I made – a post about it um, before I did the snakeskin performance. Um, um, And, you know, I had aunts and my uncles sort of reach out and be like, I didn't know this was happening. I'm so sorry. I Mm. never knew. And I was like, well, I actually couldn't talk to you about that stuff because you you wouldn't know how to talk about it. It's not your issue Mm -hmm. that you can take up like or like you that you would ever understand what I'm going through yeah so um I kind of secretly went through all of it like I was just kind of like getting bullied and just just quietly putting yeah, it away shutting you it know? down. yeah wow. yeah that's interesting I grew up with my like I, my mom's obviously still in my life um but I grew up around my dad's family because they all are in Australia my mom's family is still in South Africa um so I grew up predominantly around people of color and mm. a lot of my cousins came from two parents who are both coloured South Africans mm. and have a lot darker skin than me and my sisters because mm. we take after our mum's pale skin. Mm. Um, and so it was really interesting growing up in a in that environment. Mm. I, like that's kind of what made me feel, I guess, invalid in my feeling because I'm like, well, they can have those things mm. because they are that. Mm. Mm. But I stand out in a room. I'm like the white person in a room full of not white people. So like it's not for me. Mm. Yeah, which is so not Mm. true. Yeah, it's a weird, it's such a weird thing to like go through in your own Mm. head. Because like I logically, I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like that is my culture. I I get that. But then also I'm like, oh, but it's also like not mine because I didn't, it's like, "Mm, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Mm. But, um, you know, like sometimes it just takes like an art form, like drag to Mm -hmm. allow you to kind of re- gain ownership of that, of that and yeah, strength sure. and pride and that's all and you found it i did yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so <clears throat> this is the question we ask mm-hmm. all of our guests mm-hmm. what makes you most proud to be queer what makes me most proud to be queer hmm uh, it's a big question It's a tricky one Because it's not tricky It's actually It's just like I don't really know <laughs> I've never thought about it Yeah You know I haven't really Yeah Just them it's, Yeah it's the whole thing of like Finally finding somewhere you belong um, I think that's what I Sort of take pride in the most When I tell people about being queer um, You know I, I think You know Everyone has their own journeys That they go on But it's the fact that we can In times come together yeah. That is so So special Like yeah. it's so special um, And I think I've found that You know For years I've been looking for stuff Like you know A sense of family Or a sense of somewhere to belong And Finally having that in the queer community Is Really invaluable So yeah. I think that would be it I love that. That's mm. such a a nice moment mm. to find your people. Find your people. Yeah. yeah. Find your little 
your little spot. Mm, yeah. 100%. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you for having it's me. Been it's been such a dream. It's been a wild ride. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's been so great. Thank you for sharing your experiences. Yeah, thank you so much. Anytime. You know, yeah, all about your art form. It's, it's really, always really great to learn more. Yeah, mm. it was really nice to talk to someone that. I can relate to mm. in yeah. like yeah upbringing and such. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you for having me on. Um, do you have anything happening that you want to plug? Or plug it social or media or um, yeah, I don't know. If you want to follow me, I am at kim dot s c h o t t e. Do it. Um, follow. That's that's me. Um, it's a very it's a nice little visual feast. I will say. Oh, it's so. gorgeous. <laughs> it is the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of you know if you want to keep up to date with what I'm doing, uh, that's where I'm at. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Mm. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. She was Thank so great. Me. Let's do a, a cheers. Okay. Celebratory.